We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. The numbers continue to escalate in Ukraine. United Nations says 1,735,000 people overall have fled Ukraine since February 24th. Uh, Just over two weeks. No, not even two weeks. And today, the UN Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights announced that 406 civilians have been killed. 801 have been injured. The pictures coming from reporters embedded on the ground are heartbreaking. None more so than the video that I just saw of a family making its way across a damaged bridge. They thought to safety instead, as they were walking across the bridge, it was hit by a Russian bomb. Mother, two children killed story is chronicled in heartbreaking fashion in today's New York Times with photographs and the phrase, a picture is worth a thousand words, is never more true than when you see someone innocent like this mother and children who have their lives snuffed out while trying to find safe refuge in a country that should not be under attack in the first place. Uh, This point, how American public opinion toward this situation, this horrendous situation in Ukraine could be shaped by a picture, by a video, was first made by Ben Dominich, or at least first made in my hearing by Ben Dominich, publisher of The Federalist. You see Ben frequently on special report. I had a chance to ask him about his statement that these kinds of pictures uh, could rapidly change how America views what Joe Biden is and is not doing to support Ukrainians. And I asked Ben if he thought this story in the New York Times, the death of this mother, the death of these children, the video that is playing, could in fact be such an instance where the pictures move us in a way that the news reports do not. I think that that's already happening right in front of us. Look, the reality is that we live in a new environment when it comes to the immediacy of information. Um, The imagery that is coming out of uh, Ukraine is obviously jarring. It is something that is, uh, you know, for many Americans, I think, a very troublesome thing to see. And Americans are wrestling with the fact that they don't want to get sucked into uh, an incredibly damaging and devastating European war, one that could impact a lot of our allies and certainly American soldiers uh, and put, put, end up with them in harm's way. At the same time, I think that it is impossible to not feel the reaction to seeing this kind of, of murder, this kind of just insidious and terrible activity on the part of the Russian government 
uh, and to not feel the need to react. Now, the problem is, of course, that for many of our political leaders, there is no clear reaction. They want to try to uh, brush Putin back. They want to try to make this whole thing difficult for him and have him back off. But nothing that they've done to this point has changed his mind, uh, his dedication to his goal, I believe, of recreating the Soviet map uh, from prior to the end of the Cold War. And I think in this case, you know, we have a, a very limited set of tools that we can use, but one that is right there for the taking that Joe Biden could use, and frankly, I hoped that in the State of the Union he would use, is America's own energy resources, Uh, resources that he has obviously stunted in uh, service of his climate agenda and the befuddled and ridiculous, in my view, approach that they have used uh, to climate and uh, Green New Deal adjacent policy, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And instead of going back or questioning any of it in a way that obviously would, would have been bipartisan, would have gotten the approval of not just Joe Manchin, but I think of another of a slew of key Democrats who you know, come from energy-rich states who would like to see America use this tool um, in, a, in a direct economic way to push back against Russia's ability to sell its, its gas at inflate, inflated prices, which is funding this war. Uh, instead, they have shown only dedication to this John Kerry-esque agenda. Um, and I think it's madness. It's utter madness. It's the it's just leaving the best tool that you have um, in uh, in your in your toolbox as opposed to taking it out. And that actually increases the likelihood that we end up being sucked into a hot conflict with Russia, uh, because if if you're not going to use that type of power, then eventually people's demands get enough to say, just stop it. Just do whatever you have to do to stop it. And unfortunately, you and I both know that means uh, a much heavier use of American military might, uh, which risks a number of other things on the international stage. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. We're speaking with Ben Dominich of uh, The Federalist, publisher of The Federalist, and follow him on Twitter at B Dominich, D-O-M-E-N-E-C-H. I think your point about the allegiance to the greenies is well taken, But we saw in Joe Biden's State of the Union address, Ben, it's not like he's unwilling to part from the leftist, uh, the the most left part of his wing with his, which was a lie, but his inane comment, fund the police, fund the police. Uh, We know Cori Bush. We know uh, Jaya Paul. We know that AOC is not going to get on board with that. I think it's, uh, you know, I'm not a political strategist, but. I think he could do far more good than harm to his party by doing what he needs to do, increasing domestic energy production to lower gas prices. If he's willing to part with them on funding the police, even though I don't really believe he believes that or will do that, why is he not willing to take them on on energy? Because I think, again, the gains would far outweigh the losses. Because the sins, I think, against the left are on two different levels. The, the climate agenda really is an aspect of religion for them. Um, it is total dedication. Uh, they, they honestly believe in what they're, in what they're doing and what they uh, you know, see as something that is you know, morally unquestionable. And I think that, that you know, un, uh, as opposed to that, you know, something like funding the police is essentially a new slogan. Uh, the, the defund effort is something that hasn't been around for that long and already has had 
some significant negative ramifications for blue cities and blue states uh, in terms of the approach. People are not happy uh, when they see that kind of immediate uptick in crime and in uh, violence. And that's something that I think you know a, a lot of smart Democrat consultants are saying, back off, back off, back off. You don't have that same feedback loop when it comes to the, uh, the climate agenda. And I think because of that, you're, you're ending up in a situation where uh, the Biden administration, by dint of being so wedded to this, doesn't see their path forward, which I think is fairly obvious, which is to give uh, the energy uh, interests a short-term win, meaning you know, partner with Lisa Murkowski, Joe Manchin, et cetera, uh, and basically say, what do you want to do when it comes to energy policy to increase uh, domestic energy and to push back against Putin? And then give the, the green folks you know, what they want in terms of a long-term package. And that means, obviously, a bunch of, of fake green jobs and, and all sorts of things that would make you and I uh, very upset, but would almost certainly pass the Congress. Uh, and do so, I think, with flying colors, and only have the uh, the you know strongest fiscal conservatives opposed to it. That's something that I think you know Ron Klain and the White House could do. But the fact that they're not doing it just shows you how dedicated they are to this agenda and how much it now drives uh, what the Democrats do in ways that, as we see in Ukraine, are now having deadly ramifications. Yes, uh, Ben Dominich, our guest, publisher of The Federalist. Follow him on Twitter at B Dominich, D-O-M-E-N-E-C-H. Uh, your point's well made, and it shows to me it underscores the fact they don't have control of their own party. They could call them into the White House. They could explain their strategy. They could tell them to silence it. They're not doing that because they know they can't control them. And, and you said, you know, they, they can't take the win on uh, what is a very doable policy, but I'm not surprised, you're not surprised they didn't take the win on Omicron. They could have opposed that as a less lethal variant and we're winning this, and instead they had to magnify the danger of it. So uh, we have a lot of issues on the conservative side we can win on in November. We clearly have the southern border. We clearly have gas prices. They're going to continue to go up. What I'm curious about is... uh, we saw the phenomenon with Glenn Youngkin in Virginia and parents. That's an issue that Republicans can win on, too. And I see a potential for a win, but also a potential for a an inarticulate argument to be made on the conservative side for uh, this uh, indoctrination in our schools of transgenderism, SEL, social emotional learning. We're going to see this play out on the national stage with this swimmer from Penn University, Leah Thomas, who is a biological male. Uh, Leah Thomas is going to dominate at the NCAA championships in swimming. This is an issue that I think is extremely unpopular, not just with conservatives, but I think across the board. But I wonder, do you believe that Republicans are articulate enough to make this case against why this is damaging to a lot of causes that leftists have embraced over the years Title IX, opportunities for women, war on women. Can Republicans make this case eloquently enough in a way that it will not bounce back on them as being hateful toward the person, not toward the agenda? Uh, I think that's a big question, and I don't know that we know the answer to it yet. I think we're going to have to go through this cycle and see how it plays out. But I think you're you're focusing on the right thing, which is that the – fear of being hateful toward the person is going to make a lot of Republicans change the way they talk about this uh, in ways that I think will unfortunately lead to them not 
not necessarily leaning into this issue as heavily as they ought to. Look, it's a radicalizing experience. If you are the father of, of daughters, then and you see them, you know, swim and go up and, and do their best to make it all the way to the top tier of their sport, only to have their experience brushed back by someone who's a biological male and who uh, certainly was not winning or performing uh, to, you know, at the highest level uh, prior to tra uh, this uh, supposed transition then you end up in a situation where I think you, you just respond to this, regardless of, of whether you're a Democrat or Republican, uh, with total distaste, uh, dissatisfied with what's gone on, dissatisfied with the fact that everybody's sort of playing pretend, and frustration that the system isn't protecting your girls. In this situation, though, I think that Republicans need to not make the mistake of running away from the issue. Glenn Youngkin showed, I think, uh, time and again that leaning into uh, these controversial issues, uh, leaning into the culture war conversation was not something that hurt him. In fact, it helped him significantly. He went from being a more generic Republican candidate to being somebody who was a champion of a number of different issues, and he did so by being very definitive uh, about the direction that Virginia schools would take, not just when it came to you know CRT and controversial issues like that, but with regard to masking and reopening, taking on the teachers unions directly yeah he's absolutely right about that glenn youngkin did a phenomenal job with smartly succinctly explaining why these issues in schools are major issues in our politics and why conservatives have the best position the leah thomas thing is going to be a major story upcoming as he dominates the ncaa women's swimming the woke media is trying to get in front of this and paint anyone who is opposed to a biological man competing against women as hateful. I will read you portions of a story that makes this case next, and it is child's play to blow up every one of those arguments. You're listening to The Bruce Hooley Show. Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go, iHeartTuneInRadio.com app. Check the podcasts. At 989theanswer.com, click on shows, listen, podcasts, you'll find it. Uh, the story of transgenderism, the indoctrination in transgenderism that is being done locally, rurally, in our cities everywhere, is an effort by the left to not just blur the lines, but eliminate the lines between men and women. The poster child for this is Leah Thomas, the biological male swimmer who competed at the University of Pennsylvania under the name Will Thomas, was a, I mean, a, a good swimmer. You have to be a good swimmer to be a Division I college athlete. Will Thomas, competing against other biological men, was not an exceptional swimmer. Was not going to be an Olympian. Was not going to win any national championships. Competing as Leah Thomas in the upcoming NCAA championships, uh, Leah Thomas, who is still Will Thomas, and is still equipped with all of Will Thomas's original biological male genitalia, uh, is a threat to not just win, but to break records. And someday, if USA Swimming and the NCAA don't come to their senses, compete as a woman on the national stage. Sports Illustrated, a writer named Robert Sanchez, did a long story on Leah Thomas. Um, Robert Sanchez tweet says, I'm keeping comments open on tweets accompanying my Leah Thomas story. So you can see the crap trans people put up with on a daily basis. I had the audacity to show who Leah is, 
understand her motivations and quote her for the first time in print, that's evil, I guess. No, it's not evil. What is evil is you printing this comment from Leah Thomas and doing everything you can in print to authenticate it. The quote from Leah Thomas is, I'm a woman just like anybody else on the team. No, you are the only woman, quote unquote, on the team who has a penis. You are the only, quote unquote, woman on the team who does not have a vagina. Okay? So you are not a woman at all like any other woman on the team. You are the only, quote unquote, swimmer on the team. Let's deal in reality here who has gone through male puberty, who has the narrow waist of a male, the long legs of a male, the broad shoulders of a male. You are biologically a male. Let me continue with some of the ridiculous things printed in this story. The shy senior economics major became one of the most dominant college athletes in the country by saying she's a woman, not by anything else. The center of a national debate, a living, breathing, real-time Rorschach test for how society views those who challenge convention. No, Leah Thomas is not a Rorschach test. A Rorschach test is the inkblot test. An inkblot test is there to interpretation. There are inkblots. What does that look like? What does it look like to you? We're not sure what it is. What do you think it is? I can look at Leah Thomas, and I can tell you, that's a dude, okay? There's no Rorschach test going on. That is a dude. Notice, a test for how society's views challenge, or how society views those who challenge convention. So it's society's fault that we view Leah Thomas, a biological male. It's our fault we don't view Leah Thomas as a male. It's not Leah Thomas's fault that Leah Thomas is masquerading as a man. After three seasons competing against men, Thomas has throttled her competition. Uh, she was not completing, competing against men. He was a man competing against man, a, a men, and that still does not change the fact that she is now still a man. Says. Leah Thomas became the nation's most powerful female collegiate swimmer. Leah Thomas has not become a female swimmer. Leah Thomas is still a male swimmer. He is just competing now against females compared to before having competed against males. Another quote from Leah Thomas. I want to swim and compete as who I am. On this, Leah Thomas and I are perfectly in agreement. I want to swim and compete as who I am. I want you to swim and compete as who you are. And who you are is a biological male. That is who you are. You are not a female. You say you are a female, and I think you say you are a female because it makes you exceptional. It gets you a lot of attention. You get to parade around in your nakedness in a female locker room and make Many of your female teammates uncomfortable, and for some twisted reason, this gives you pleasure. Either you have a mental illness, or you are a sociopath, and you like inflicting this form of emotional and psychological harm on women by being in their locker room as a biological man. But this story is laced, laced 
with outright lies. Not inaccuracies, outright lies. Not the least of which is, I'm a woman just like anybody else on the team. No, not even close. And I will never give up this fight, ever, nor should you. 